Matthew chapter 14 this morning. Matthew chapter 14, if you're visiting this morning uh, here in our church, we tend to preach and teach through uh, in, uh, complete books of the Bible. Uh, Brother Gary, that's because we don't want to leave anything out, right? We want to see it all and see how it all applies to our lives. And so this morning we come to Matthew chapter 14, beginning uh, in verse 13. This is uh, most of what we'll look at this morning is uh, Matthew's account of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Of course, this is a great miracle. Art, we understand this morning we have a Savior who can do great miracles. Many of them are recorded in Scripture. Uh, and we understand this morning we've, we've seen miracles, Lord perform miracles in our own lives. And we, we praise God. He's, he's a miracle-working God. Uh, he has power. He has, he has a loving desire to work in our lives. And when he chooses to, uh, he's a God who can and, and who does great miracles. I'll stand together if you're able to, please. I want to read just nine verses this morning, uh, beginning here in Matthew 14. Matthew 14, beginning in verse uh, 13 this morning. Let me make sure I have that right. Matthew uh, 14, beginning in verse uh, 13. I don't know if that's right. Bear with me one second, please. Verse 14, here we go. Verse 14, Jesus went forth uh, and saw a great multitude and was moved with what, church? Compassion, compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals, food. Verse 16, but Jesus said unto them, they need not depart, give ye them to eat. And they said unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained, 12 baskets full. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men uh, beside women and children. We don't know how many in total. 5,000 men plus uh, the ladies and children that were present. That's a great miracle. And that is a great act of compassion uh, on, on behalf of our Savior. This morning, uh, I'll title the message, The Compassion of Christ. The Compassion of Christ. Uh, let's pray, please. Father, we do thank you this morning, Lord, uh, for a Savior. Uh, Lord, thank you for a Savior who was willing to come uh, and to endure all that he endured. Thank you for the cross. Lord, thank you for his ministry here upon the earth. I understand he, uh, he performed it in the power of the Spirit of God. Lord, I understand this morning that uh, he, he ministered uh, for many reasons, and certainly at times uh, to be an example to us. Lord, I understand this morning that we can take up his example, not in our own strength, but in yours. And so, Father, I pray this morning that we would see and understand the example of Christ and understand also that it is because of him, Lord, that we can take up this example uh, and live a Christ-like life today. Lord, give us that desire to live a life that honors, uh, that brings praise, honor, and glory to our Savior. Uh, Lord, I understand when we do that, that'll be a help to us, but it will be 
<laughs> something that does truly bring praise, honor, and glory. Lord, it'll please you. Lord, it'll please you. Father, help me now as, as I bring these thy words. I pray you help each of us now to receive your words. Lord, we thank you this morning for our Bibles and for the power, for the strength of your words. Lord, work here now, please, for your honor. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, we have here this morning a great miracle, uh, and it's, miracle, it's familiar to us, Brother Art. We, we, we know this miracle very well, and we, we praise God for it. Uh, we've, we've made much about the miracles of Christ that we've seen really all the way through uh, Matthew's gospel. And, and Art, each time we, we stop to say, boy, they, they testify to the identity of Christ. He, he's not, I spoke to a man on the street yesterday. Some of us were out yesterday. Thank you if you were able to be out. Uh, he, he was a Muslim man, and he was very polite. He was willing to talk. I asked him who Christ was to him. He says, well, he's a good man, uh, a great prophet of God. Uh, by the way, I said, if he's a good man and a great prophet of God, uh, what he said, logically, if you hold that he's a good man and a great prophet, anything that he said, you would have to hold is true, right? He said, well, yes, of course. Uh, Gary, I said, well, he said that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and, the, and no man come to the Father but by him. So you, you can't say one and not accept the other, right? So we had a good conversation. Uh, pray, pray for Muslim people. There's, there's lots of them in the area now. Of course, you know, we're called to reach everyone, most certainly, most certainly including them. Uh, I got off track. All right, we've, we've looked at the miracles of Christ, that they, they, they prove who he is. Uh, and they prove what he's like. He's a powerful, powerful savior. He's the son of God. He's God the son, uh, and, and he, he's, he's just as powerful as God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. I love this morning how we see not just who he is, but what he's like. He's, he's a compassionate savior, amen? He's, he's a compassionate savior. Look with me here and take that as number one, if you would, please. I'm gonna give you three C's this morning, okay? Three C's. Number one this morning, I want you to see the compassion of Christ. The compassion of Christ this morning. Look with me back in verse 14, now that I know what verse we, we're beginning at, Brother Gary. Bible says here, Matthew records, Jesus went forth and saw uh, a great multitude. He saw a great multitude uh, and was moved with what? Compassion toward them. And what did he do? And he re healed uh, their sick. He's able to do that. He's, he's God the Son. He's the Son of God. He's able to heal uh, when, he, when he chooses to. We praise God this morning. He's still able to do that uh, when he chooses. We don't, we don't demand that he does that, Rich. Uh, we don't go out and teach that, hey, if, if you'll just pray, the Lord has promised to heal everyone this side of heaven. We understand that that's not true, but we also know uh, from his word and, and, and from our experience, we, we know that when he chooses uh, to do miracles and, and to heal miraculously, uh, he most certainly can and he most certainly does. I want you to see here this morning, I want to major on this this morning, no surprises now, his compassion. Uh, the Bible could have recorded that, hey, he saw people and, and he healed them, uh, but the Holy Spirit includes more than that. He was moved with what? 
compassion toward them and, and then he healed them. So there's something about this word, something about this thing, uh, compassion. Give you a definition, what, what is compassion? I think we, we, have a, we have a pretty good idea, I think, what compassion is. It's a, it's a tender, inward affection uh, towards someone. Uh, throughout our King James Bible, we see this phrase, bowels of compassion, and the word literally refers to kind of that idea, something that's deep-seated kind of down in us. It's a tender, inward affection. Uh, Mr. Webster says, it's sorrow at the distress of another uh, in, a, in a willingness to kind of enter into their suffering with them. So you, you don't just see someone and say, oh, that's too bad, and then kind of move on. You're, there, there's, there's, a, there's an identification uh, with, with their suffering, and there's a willingness to kind of enter into their situation uh, and, and, and to be there for them and, and to invest uh, something for them. Uh, I want us to see this morning that biblical compassion, it always results, brother, in loving action. You cannot say that I have biblical compassion uh, for someone or, or, or some situation unless you're willing to have the kind of compassion that Christ exercised uh, here in Scripture. The Bible says he was he had, sorry, the Bible says he was moved with compassion toward them. Is that the end of that sentence? Is this the verse end there? Does it? It doesn't, right? What does it say? He was, he was moved with compassion and what? Yeah, he healed their sick. So biblical compassion, it's you, you, you see something, you, you identify with them, it, you're, you're, you're moved, uh, you're, you're moved in kind of your deepest places, but, but to take action, it, it involves action. Uh, it, it's this identification with, it's, this, it's, it's more than concern, uh, it, it's a sorrow at someone's distress that moves you uh, to take a loving action. I want to show you the, um, a few other examples of this. Uh, just so we, we can, we're not making this idea up. Turn to Matthew 20. Just flip back a little bit to Matthew 20, please. I, I want to look at Matthew's account of the two blind men uh, that Jesus encounters here in Matthew uh, chapter 20. And, and look at verse 30, please. We'll look at just a few verses here. Uh, Matthew 20 in uh, verse 30. The Bible says, Behold, two blind men, uh, two blind men sitting by uh, the wayside, side of the road there. And when they heard that Jesus passed by, they cried out, have mercy on us. Uh, o Lord, thou son of David. They knew who he was. Uh, they, they called him Lord, Master. They called him Son of David. They understood that he, he was the prophesied Messiah, the one that would descend down through uh, David's line. Have mercy on us, O Lord, Master, thou Son of David, uh, Messiah. Verse 31, and the multitude rebuked them, saying, uh, because they should hold their peace. Hey, leave, leave him alone. You, you know who he is. Don't, don't bother him. Uh, but they cried the more, saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, uh, thou son of David. Brother, it sounds like they had a great faith that, that Christ, uh, the Messiah, if he chose to, uh, he could demonstrate mercy by, by healing them. That's, that's their desire, right? Evidently. Uh, verse 32, the Bible says, Jesus uh, stood still and called them. So he stopped. He, he stopped passing by. He stopped and, and called them, called to them, uh, and said, what will ye, the two of you, 
that I shall do unto you. Now he knew, of course, he's, he's the omniscient son of God, but uh, he wanted to hear from them what they desired. Uh, verse 33, they said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. We're blind. Uh, we, we understand. We're calling out to you. We, we know who you are. We, we know what you're like. We know what you're capable of. We know that if you choose to have mercy, you can open our eyes, give, restore our vision. By the way, that's a great faith. Amen? That's, that's a great faith. They're blind, but they, they call out to Christ because they know they have faith that if he chooses uh, to restore their vision, uh, he can. Lord, give us this kind of faith. Lord, give us this kind of faith. Lord, give us this kind of faith. That's, Lord, help us. Verse 34, so Jesus had, what's the word? What is it? Compassion. He had compassion. Uh, he saw them. He knew their situation. Uh, he, he's God the Son. He, 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 he knows exactly what they're suffering. He knows exactly how difficult it would be. Uh, by the way, he, he knew better than anyone, right? He's got perfect knowledge of all things uh, at all times. Uh, he knows their faith also. Uh, so Jesus had compassion on them. Does the verse stop there? Does it stop there? Dante, good to see you. Does the verse stop there? Isn't it good to see Dante? Everybody, everybody embarrass Dante. Hello, Dante. Uh, Dante, you're, you're bigger every time I see you. I'm afraid of you, man. The verse does not stop there. Jesus had compassion. Uh, based on what we saw uh, in our passage this morning, uh, you would expect it not to stop there. You would expect, Lord, do something, right? And, and sure enough, he does. Uh, he touched their eyes. Uh, he touched, ever wonder why he would touch them? I think he wanted to be clear, Rich, that he is the one who is doing this healing. He, he wanted people to see that, that he is reaching out, he is touching their eyes, and uh, he's going to get the credit for this. Uh, he touched their eyes and immediately, <laughs> uh, he's able to heal completely and immediately when he chooses to. When he chooses to, uh, immediately they received uh, their sight. So, Steve, there again, we see that biblical compassion, this, this identifying with someone suffering, it's not just a, oh, I'm sorry that you're, you're suffering, have a good day. Biblical compassion is always, it's followed by loving action. And uh, in this case, it seemed to be the case that, that Jesus said the most loving thing he could do in response to the compassion that he felt for them uh, would, would be to heal their vision. And he's God the Son, so he's able to do that. Uh, and praise God for that. Uh, the verse doesn't, Dante, does the verse stop there? It, it doesn't. And so there's something else the Lord would have us to see uh, in, in verse 34. Uh, so Jesus had compassion. Uh, he, he, he felt for them. And that, and that compassion drove him to act in, in love. Remember, biblical love always involves action, right? So biblical compassion involves or, or leads to loving action. Uh, and I can see in many of these passages that there's a biblical response to the people who were the object of or the recipient of the compassion of Christ uh, and his love. The end of verse four, the, the, let me try again. I get excited, visitors. The end of verse 34 says, and they what? What does it say? They followed him. And, and Carol, I don't think it means they just kind of follow him down the road, right? They, they knew who he was. 
they were exercising faith and calling out to him. Uh, they called him Lord, they called him Master, they placed their, themselves under him, and, and, and they became true, genuine followers of Christ, right? This, this would be a, the, a, a, a biblical response uh, to being the object of the recipient of the compassion of Christ uh, and, and his, loving, um, his loving action in response. By the way, may I ask you a question this morning? Um, is there a sense in which all of us have been the object of or the recipients of the compassion of Christ? It, it, could, could, could anyone deny that? Um, uh, is, is it true also that the compassion that he has exercised toward all of us has led him to take action, loving action, on behalf of all of us? Is that true? Where would you see that most clearly, church? at the cross, right? For sure, we can see it there, uh, for sure. I understand God the Father sent God the Son uh, to, to pay the price for, for my sin upon the cross, but you, you just know that, that it was, a, it was a, a compassionate and loving choice of Christ to obey the Father in, in that plan. Gary had perfect knowledge of our sinfulness uh, in, in, a, in a, a compassionate, a, a compassion toward us because of the condition that our sin places. By the way, he had perfect knowledge of the consequence of our sin, right? Church, we don't like it, but the Bible teaches very clearly that uh, sin that is not dealt with biblically through uh, faith in Christ results in what? A, a real place called hell, right? And we don't like that, but there's no getting around it. The Bible teaches uh, the Bible mentions hell even more than heaven, so there's no getting around that. I wish there was, Rich. I wish we could cut it out or kind of excuse uh, the existence of hell from our Bible. We can't. Uh, we can't. Uh, so in Jesus, you could just picture, um, Gary, I'm, I'm, I, think, I think it's appropriate to say that it was a compassionate choice of Christ to act in love by being faithful to the Father's plan to go to the cross. He had perfect knowledge of our situation and the consequence of our sin. Uh, and there was a compassion there that drove him to a loving choice to obey the Father's plan for our salvation at the cross. Uh, compassion, biblical compassion, always follows uh, a loving action. Would, you, um, would, would it be okay, Steve, with you if we, if we looked at another gospel for just a moment? I know last Sunday morning, Brother Sandy had us going all over the place, right? Did you get a workout? Did you feel like you needed to go home and take a nap after that? <laughs> it's a good message, though, amen? It's a great message. Turn to uh, Luke chapter 7, please. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Uh, turn forward to Luke uh, chapter 7 here. Uh, I want us to see here again uh, the compassion of Christ, the action that he took, Marilyn, and then the, the response of those who were the recipients of his, his compassion and his action. Uh, the two blind men, they, they followed him. Uh, they obeyed him. No, a lot of him. A lot of is implied. They worship him. They, they obeyed him. That's our right response here as well. Here's another example. Luke 7 and verse 12 uh, here uh, is a mom who's lost her son. Her son has died. This is uh, the woman at Nain, uh, and her son has died. A very difficult situation. Luke 7, beginning in verse 12, the Bible says, Now, when he, this Jesus, came nigh or near to the gate of the city, 
uh, behold, there was a dead man carried out. So this man, this son of this woman had died. He was being carried out of the city. He's the only son of his mother. What, what a very difficult situation. Uh, and she was a widow. So she's lost her husband. Now she's lost her only son. It's a very uh, difficult situation. Gary, we could look at that and say, boy, that, that, that's hard. Uh, that's hard. You, you could feel for her, right? There could be some, some compassion uh, easily, easily. The uh, Bible says much people of the city was with her. Verse 13, when the Lord, who's that? That's Christ, saw her. Uh, he had what? He had compassion on her. Uh, and so we, we see the model now. He's, uh, he feels for her like no one else could because he knows her grief and, and the, diff, the depth of the difficulty of her situation, like no one could understand it, uh, that kind of compassion, and this is, this is that biblical compassion. So you know it's going to drive the Lord to some kind of loving action. What's the most loving thing that he could do? If, if, if you're God the Son, uh, and, and this poor woman has, has just lost her only son, what is the most loving... Now, if you're God the Son, you could do a great miracle, right? What's the most loving thing that he could do? Well, the most, the most amazing, most loving, most compassionate thing he could do would be to raise uh, the Son from the dead. Uh, Brother Art, if, if you're God the Son, you can do that, amen? Uh, you could do that. Verse 13, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her uh, and said unto her, weep not, uh, weep not. And he came uh, and touched the briar, uh, that which the, 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 the son was being carried on. Uh, they, they bear him stood still. Uh, and he said, young man, he dresses the, the, the young son uh, who's dead, who's deceased. He said, he dresses him, young man, I say unto thee, he commands him. What does he command him to do? How awesome is that? Here's God the son commanding this woman's deceased son is being carried out of town. He, the Lord Jesus Christ commands him. He says, arise. Well, he's going to rise, amen. Uh, verse 15, and he that was dead uh, sat up. Apparently, Art, he was very dead, but now he's not very dead at all, amen. Apparently, just like the two blind men received their sight immediately, uh, this young man who was dead, immediately he's no longer dead uh, and, and, and is evidently completely well. He's able to sit up immediately. That's the power of Christ. This young man is able to speak immediately. That's the power of Christ. Uh, and he, Christ, delivered him, uh, this young man, to his, his mother. That's uh, biblical compassion leading to loving action. And Brother Art, if, if you're God the Son doing that, it can be that, that the action can be that kind uh, of a miracle. Look at verse 16. I want, I want you to see the response. So before we saw the two blind men in, in response to the compassionate action of Christ, they followed him. Verse 16, the Bible says, there came a fear on all. Now these folks didn't quite get it all. Um, and there came a fear on all and they what? What are the next two words? They glorified God. They might not have known exactly who Christ was. They might not have understood that yet, but they knew for sure that this young man was dead uh, and now he wasn't. And if that was the case, it was God, right? There's no other explanation. He was dead and now he, he's not even a little dead now, right? He's completely alive, sitting up talking and, and, and back home with his mom. He can't be a little dead, right? 
um, they, they glorified God. So the two blind men, they followed Christ. They yielded to him. They submitted to him. Their heart was to obey him. Uh, these, these here uh, in, in Luke 7, they glorify God. How do you do that? How do you, how do, you do that? How do you, how, guys, how, how, Brother Ray, how do you, how do you glorify God? How do, how, do you, how do you bring glory to him? Uh, how do you do that? Well, I mean, they, they, they could... You pray and give thanks. That'd be a good place to begin, right? Lord, thank you. We we acknowledge that you did this. I'm sure the the, the two blind men did that, right? They they uh, they they followed him. They no doubt they thank. The Bible doesn't say that, but we could guess they thanked him. That they, they're following him. Uh, they're glorifying God. No doubt they thanked him. I'll bet they told people. I'll bet I'll bet they went around and told people. Hey, let me tell you what God did. Let me tell you what our God did. This this woman had lost her husband and then her son. Uh, and, and this man, Jesus, came and, and he rose him from the dead. Uh, he was dead and then he wasn't. He was completely alive in a moment. I'll bet you they told some people and, and they gave God the credit for doing that. Even if they didn't understand exactly who Christ was just yet, uh, they, they gave God the credit. Rich, I don't know that we, we do that enough. I mean, we look into our lives and, and, and we, see, we see good things happening in our lives. We see that we have enough to get by. We see that our needs are being met. Uh, we have to remind ourselves sometimes, we'll poke ourselves and say, hey, don't forget to thank the Lord. He is our provider. Do you do that, Gary? Poke yourself. <laughs> Lord, thank you. Uh, and, and tell other people, hey, let me tell you what God is doing for me. Let me tell you what the Lord is doing for me. Uh, you glorify him by, by telling other people, thanking him yourself, telling other people. By the way, if we did that more, even within the church to each other, that would be a great encouragement to each of us, right? You'd be encouraged to know what God is doing in Gary's life. You'd be encouraged to know what God's doing in, in, in Rich's life. Don't, don't keep it a secret. You don't keep it a secret, do you? Will you drive him more this week? You tell people about that, right? Lord is allowing me to drive again. And our constant joke is that's scary, but we praise God for it, right? As scary as it, we praise God for it. Uh, keep an eye out for Gary. Lord, thank you for all that you are doing in our lives. Is everybody here? Are your needs being met, church? Are your needs being met? He's, he's been faithful to keep his promises to people that have come to Christ. Praise God. Uh, has he ever done a miracle for you? Have you ever done anything miraculous in your life? No doubt. Lord, thank you. Uh, restored your vision I, quite miraculously. Lord, thank you. I know it happened over a period of time, and the doctor said that that could happen, but I'm going to give God credit for that. Lord did that. God did that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, listen, um, it's, not, it's not hard to be concerned for people when they're going through difficulties. Do you struggle with that at all? I, I don't. When, when I see someone going through uh, some kind of difficulty, uh, it's not hard for me to be concerned for them. Um, if, if, if you struggle with that, maybe say, Lord, help me to be more concerned. Um, I, don't, I don't struggle being concerned. Sometimes, though, we struggle with the the action part of biblical compassion, right? Maybe, maybe you know, you, you feel for someone when they're going through something, but maybe, maybe it's the case that you struggle to do the, the loving action part in response to the biblical compassion part. Do we ever struggle with that? And nobody wants to admit it, right? Anyone? 
And I, my mouth going like this. Sorry, you, you did it publicly. They could see you. <laughs> I just advertise it a little bit. Right? We struggle sometimes, right? It's, it's not hard to care when you see someone going through a, a difficulty. The hard part is, is the action part, the loving action part. Um, but, but here's the thing. Is it, is, it a bibl- is it a calling that we have as believers to be Christ-like? Let me say that more clearly. Are, are we called as believers to grow in Christ-likeness? Are we? We are, right? Uh, that's not a natural thing. That's a supernatural thing. Amen? You don't, you don't naturally grow in, in Christ-likeness. It's a supernatural thing. Um, is, is part of being Christ-like... Um, a, a growing interest and ability to exercise this biblical compassion that involves loving action. Is it, would that be part of the Christ-likeness to which we're called? Is it? I mean, we've just seen it, right, in, in several different places. So I'm going to have to say, listen, if, if, I'm, if I'm committed to growing in Christ-likeness because I understand that God has called me to that, I study the life of Christ and see what his life is like. He, there's, there's this wonderful compassion that involves loving action. I'm going to have to be a person who takes an interest in that, all of that, not just the first part, but both parts. Uh, and I'm going to have to acknowledge that the second part is hard. It does not come naturally, not for most of us at least, it, it doesn't, or not consistently at least. So I'm going to have to I'm gonna say, Lord, uh, I understand this is part of what it is to be Christ-like, uh, I don't have any trouble caring about people. And if you do, you confess that, right? Lord, Lord God, give me a heart for people. Give me a heart for people. Uh, if, if, we, if we struggle to take loving action in response to biblical compassion, what, what's the first thing I should do, Rich? If, if, if I'm convicted that I struggle, what's the first thing I should do? I'm going to bring it to the Lord. I'm going to say, Lord, I understand I've, I'm fall, I fall down in that area. I confess. I agree, Lord. I'm the, you know, my Christ-likeness is, is weak in this area. I, I'm, I fall down in that area. I struggle in this area. I'm going to confess that. Lord, you, you already know I agree with you. Uh, I need to grow in this area. Uh, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what? Well, what's the next thing I could do, Gary? What's the next thing I could do? Do what you can, but in whose strength? In Christ's strength, right? I, I can be Christ-like not because of me, but because of Christ, right, Marilyn? I, I, I can grow in Christ-likeness not because of me and my natural self, but because the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they, they indwell me, right? I, I don't rely upon myself to obey uh, the Bible. I don't rely upon myself to grow in Christ-likeness. I don't rely upon myself to become more holy. That, that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit in my life, right? As I yield to the Spirit of God, I, I know the, the filling, which is different than the, uh, different than the uh, help me out, indwelling of the Spirit of God. There's, a, there's an enablement and empowerment of the Spirit of God in my life, uh, and that's because of whom? Who made it possible for me to be indwelt by and filled with the Spirit of God? Who makes that possible? Christ. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. Brother, I can pray, Lord, uh, you, you've given me a heart for people. Thank you. Or if I, if I have to say, Lord, I don't have a heart for people, give me a heart for people. Uh, and give, give me your grace, your strength. And then, Lord, uh, give, give, me, give me a heart 
a, a will, a desire, and the ability to demonstrate biblical love in response to the biblical compassion uh, that you've called me to. And listen, can, can you trust the Lord for grace, for strength, to do what he's called us to do? Can you? Can you? Has he proven himself to be faithful to do that? He has, right? You see it in the Word of God. You've seen it in, I believe you've seen it in each other's lives. You've seen it in your own life. Uh, Lord, help me. Uh, Lord, Lord, help me. Uh, I've got to confess where I am, wherever I fall short, agree, and I ask the Lord to give me grace, his strength uh, to exercise biblical compassion that involves loving action. Can you? Because of who? Amen. You can, and it's because of Christ. Um, I want to I wanna quickly contrast the compassion of Christ with, number two, the concern of the disciples. Let's be quick. The concern of the disciples. Um, compassion and biblical compassion and simple concern, they are not the same. Amen? I think we've already established that. Right? They're not the same. I think what you see in verse 15, Steve, is, is the concern of, of the disciples. They have a concern. You know, they feel it. But they're not, they're not necessarily going to let that concern be compassion that involves them taking loving action. And I'm not, I'm not beating up on them. <laughs> you know, they're people like us, right, Gary? They, they, they struggle just like we do. Uh, number two, the concern of the disciples is different than the compassion of Christ. See verse 15. When it was evening, there's a large group has been out there throughout the day. It's evening now. Anyone ever get hungry toward the evening? Baptists? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place. Gary, I think years ago when I read this, I said dessert. It's not that. It's not that. It's a desert place. There's no McDonald's here, Lord. You like McDonald's? And the time has now passed. Send the multitude away. So there's a concern. There's, these people need to eat. And there's no food out here. That's the concern. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. Brother Art, there's a concern here, and, and that's a good thing. That's laudable up to a point. You can even say it's a little bit loving, right? Lord, there's, there's, these people need to eat, and we don't have food, so you bet the thing you should do is send them away. <laughs> that, that might be a little bit of a loving response, but, but not much, really. Their, their concern drives them to send the people away to do for themselves, now, we don't teach against self-responsibility and doing for yourself, right? We, that's, that's not what I want to teach against here. But uh, I think we can see here that, that rather than trying to lovingly meet the need themselves because they're concerned, they, they say, let's send these folks away that they can go and do for themselves. Is that the same thing as the compassion that Christ exercised? Is it the same or is it different? It's different, right? Jesus didn't say, hey, hey, Mr. Blind Man, I'm sorry you're going through a hard time. Heal yourself. He didn't say that, right? 
He didn't say to the woman who had the, the son who had died, hey, I'm sorry that this is, this is a, a difficult situation. Um, you know, maybe you'll get another son. He didn't, he, you know, he, he entered into the equation and he did a loving thing. The disciples' concern is, is different. It's not rising to the level of this uh, biblical compassion. And so um, you could send them away and, and hope that all their needs be met, but, but you don't know. Um, concern here with, without the kind of compassion that Christ exercised is, is, is maybe not gonna accomplish uh, very much at all. And so Steve, I, I look at this again and I say, it's different. Lord, give me a heart for more than where, where the disciples were here. Help me to be, they were concerned. Help me to be concerned, but to go beyond that and to be one that can lovingly help meet a need that is present. Are there needs? Are there needs in our church? I, on the one hand, I say we praise God for meeting our needs, but you know, there's, there's needs. Um, does, does God ever use his people to meet the needs of his people? He does, right? Uh, he does. Uh, he, he most certainly does. I want you to see here, I want you to see that idea. Number three, the command of Christ. Number three, the command of Christ. So we've seen the compassion of Christ. We've seen the concern of the disciples. It's different. It's not the same. Uh, they're not necessarily looking to meet the need. They're just concerned. Jesus met the need. But I, I want you to see here um, his command. And, and this really, it's his compassion again. The disciples were concerned. But once again, uh, Christ is going to issue a miraculous command. Uh, and it's, it's compassionate. It, it's, it's his compassion all over again. Look with me here at verse 16. Jesus said to them, they need not depart. They don't have to go anywhere. Uh, give ye them to eat. And, uh, Rich, can you, can you imagine? They're like, well, listen, we only have this, this little bit of food. There's thousands of people here. How, how's this going to happen? They said in verse 17, but we have here five loaves, five little loaves of bread and, uh, and, and two fishes. Even if they're big loaves of bread and big fish, it's not going to feed thousands of, of people, not naturally at least. Uh, so I, I want to just make a couple, uh, several qu very, very quick observations here uh, and, and will be done. How much did they begin with here? Did they have a lot or a little, church? They had just a little, right? I want you to see, first of all here, that, that Christ can work miraculously when a little is brought to him. Amen? He only had a little brought to him. But he can work miraculously with a little that is brought to him. Write that down, please. He can work miraculously with a little that is offered to him. Look at verse 18. He said, bring them hither to me. Bring, bring me those five loaves and those two fishes. You know, bring that to me. Offer them to me. Uh, verse 19, he commanded the multitude sit down on the grass. He took the little, right? The little, the five loaves uh, and, and the two fishes. He's... He's going to do a great miracle here. He's going to do this tremendous act of, of compassion with a little that is offered uh, to him. Can he work with a little that has brought to him? Sometimes people say, you know what? I, I'm not even going to bother giving a tithe or, or an offering because it's so little. I, I, I'm, I'm, or I'm going to tithe, but I, I'm not going to give an offering for missionaries because... You know, I only have a dollar to give to missions. 
Can, can the Lord take a little and, and multiply it to be used far beyond what you would normally expect from a dollar or from five loaves and two fishes? Can he do that? Can he do that? You, you know he can. Uh, you, you know if, if you've been faithful to tithe and, and to give offerings as God uh, has laid that upon your heart, you, you know that God can take that in the church uh, and, and multiply the effectiveness or the effect of that little far beyond what would normally be the case. And, and, and if you've given faithfully beyond what you thought, I don't know if there's enough left for me, you know that God can supernaturally enter into your finances and make what's left go further than you would normally expect. Am I making that up? Am I? It's just a fact, right? The Lord can supernaturally work uh, with a little and, and, and multiply the effect far beyond uh, what would we would ever expect. He takes the offering of five loaves and two fishes. Uh, he stops, don't, don't miss this, he stopped, he took time to bless the food. You remember this, right? We, we saw it already this morning. Look at verse 19, next part of verse 19. Looking up to heaven, he blessed, he blessed the food and, and, and he, he broke it. Uh, he, he blessed it and then he began to, to break it up. Uh, why did he take time to stop and bless it? Why did he do that? Do you do that at home? Do you, do you, do you say grace? Do you do that? Why do we do that? Well, we thank the Lord for it, right? I mean, we, we know we have an example, Acts 27, 35, when Paul spoke, he took bread, gave thanks to God in the presence of all. When he had broken it, he began to eat. This, this model that we have, it's, it's an opportunity for us to stop and uh, exercise gratitude. Uh, Paul told the Ephesian church, give thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, it, it, the Lord desires, it's part of our worship, right? Uh, just stop at each meal and, and thank the Lord. It's an acknowledgement that he has provided it. Carol, you know how much that must please the Lord, right? Uh, rather than saying, oh, I earned the money, I went out and bought the food, I cooked the food, and not give God any credit for any of that at all. Lord, thank you for this food. You enabled me to work, you enabled me to buy it, you enabled me to prepare it, you enabled me to eat it. <laughs> Lord, thank you, thank you. Um, Jesus took time to stop and to bless the food. I think here, um, here, Brother Ed, he, he wanted it to be clear that God was gonna enter into this equation and do something quite miraculous. Uh, the Bible says he looked up to heaven. He drew people's attention to God the Father. Uh, it made it very clear visually that God the Father is, is gonna do something miraculous here. The Lord is going to enter into this equation and extend the effect of this little offering miraculously. Um, did he do that? Did he do that? You know he did, because five loaves and two fishes. Could you imagine, how much food do you think you would need to feed 5,000 men plus the women and children? How, how much would that be? I, I don't even know. How many grocery bags would that be? How many carloads of food would that be? What would that cost? Uh, before we see that, I want you to see this, please, because obviously the Lord put every word here for a reason. I want you to see that, that Jesus did a miracle here. He did a miracle, but he used his disciples in the course of performing this miracle. They didn't perform the miracle, but he used them. How did he use them? Well, they brought the five loaves and the two fishes to them. 
By the way, it, elsewhere we see it was just a young, young boy who brought that, right? So he could even use a young person. Yeah, the young person brought it. The disciples brought the five loaves and two fishes to Christ. It was you know, an offering that they brought to him. And then he used them to distribute it. Uh, does, does that matter? Are, are, are those words here for a reason? Does it, does it matter? I think it does. I think it shows that the Lord will, will do miracles, but that uh, he, he intends, he, he desires to work through a, a little that we can bring to him, uh, and, and he desires the, to have his people be involved, those that will call themselves disciples of Christ, uh, in, in carrying out the, the miracles that, that he performs. They brought the offering, they distributed the food. They brought the offering, they were involved in the service. Brother Gary, isn't, isn't that kind of call upon our lives as church members today? Uh, bring an offering to the Lord, whatever we can, uh, and then be involved in serving uh, the Lord by serving each other. There's service in view here, faithfulness uh, and, and service. He worked through his disciples. Look, next part of verse 19, he gave the loaves to his disciples and his disciples to the multitudes. He didn't have to do that. He could have just said, hey, people line up, come, come and get it. And he, as they took, he could have miraculously replaced it. Next, but he didn't do that. He used his disciples. It's a picture of the service to which we are called. The Lord calls us to be in the business of serving him uh, by serving each other. Um, to what extent did Christ meet the need here on this day? And we're done. To what extent did he meet the need? All of it and more, right? It was all of it. It looks like all of it and more. Uh, he miraculously provided more than enough for all of the people. Look at verse 20 and 21. We're done. Uh, they did all eat, all of them, thousands, five loaves and two fishes, and were filled. They didn't just get a little nibble, right? They ate enough to be filled up. Uh, all of them ate, and all of them ate until they were filled, and they took up the fragments. What was left that remained, uh, 12 baskets full. I don't know how much that is, Marilyn, but it seems like the Lord's making a big deal. out. It's a lot, right? It's a lot. Everybody ate the thousands, enough to be filled up, and there were basketfuls left over. Is that a great miracle? Is it a great miracle? You have a great Savior, a powerful Savior. Verse 21, uh, and they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women uh, and children. What is it, church, that motivated the Lord Jesus Christ to perform this great miracle, to meet that need? What is it? His compassion. Biblical compassion. It always involves a choice to perform loving action. And Brother Art, I don't have the ability to do that apart from Christ, but being in Christ, having accepted him as my savior, being indwelt by the Spirit of God as a result of that, I have everything that I need to be in the business of biblical compassion that involves a loving action. Will that bring glory? Will that bring praise and honor to your savior? It will, right? right. Is, is, is you say, Lord, I, I see this. This is what you have for me. Uh, I know I can because of you. I ask you for grace. If we'll take this up and, and practice this, our obedience will please the Lord. Uh, people will see 
a difference in our lives, and that opens doors to share the gospel and to tell people uh, to glorify him. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about this business because the Lord Jesus Christ calls me to this. And not only that, he, he's made it possible. And, and by the way, you may think this is difficult or burdensome, but it's actually, uh, there's a great joy, uh, a blessing of joy that comes in, in serving the Lord and, and bringing him honor and glory and being about the business that he's called us to. It's a great purpose and, and a joy in all of this uh, and the privilege of knowing that I am serving my Savior and that pleases him. Does that matter? Does that matter? It does. Praise God. Let's stop there and pray, please. Let's pray. Father, thank you, uh, Lord, this morning for the wonderful privilege we have to know you uh, through a true relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. 